BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey guys, welcome back to We Met at Acme. This is episode 15, and we are lucky to be sitting here with the founder of JSwipe, David Yaris. Hello, hello. <laughs> hey, Thank David. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. No doubt. This is going to be super fun. Yeah, totally. So we ha- let's start by getting to know you. Um, your name is David, and where are you from? My name is David Yaris. Uh-huh. I have a rap What's your middle name? Austin. Oh, day. Day. <laughs> My rap name is D-Flow. Oh, cool. I don't rap, mm. but it's kind of like just in case I ever do. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like holding, you know, holding the URL for I feel one. like you do rap. I feel like you're, like, why would you have a name if you didn't rap? Like, just I feel like case. you shadily rap. Um, no. You've rapped before. Beats, not, I, I do, oh, okay. I, I would do more beats than actual mm-hmm. lyrics, yeah. Love it. Um, like I'm from Miami Kanye. Beach, Florida, mm-hmm. where I grew up. Um, and what school did you go to in Miami for the Miami listeners? Jewish day school called Hillel. Oh yeah. yeah. I've heard of Hillel. Nice. Um, and I lived there for, until I was 15 mm-hmm. and then I got really bored of lots of things and I went, um, I applied without telling my parents to Catholic prep school in Washington, DC. Um, really, really, because I went to my cousin's bar mitzvah there and kissed mm. like this really like cool, pretty like girl in DC, and I was like, DC is amazing, I need to go. <laughs> but I wrapped it in the story of like it was just a very sophisticated place, right? With so much intellectual. How conversation. did your parents feel about you wanting to go to a Catholic school for the education, which was like light years beyond what like the Jewish day school that I was at right. provided? They were once they found out about it, they right. actually you know supported and enabled it. That makes sense. You, what were you, what was your initial like? I, this is what I want to do when I get older. Oh, it's so interesting. I've never really had that. I also don't really have a, a ten-year plan, twenty-year plan, five-year plan, three-year plan. Working on a one-year plan, and I'm just really now just working on like the presence. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really know if I had one. I mean, I'm trying to think. What did I? But I always knew I would be in business, like mm-hmm. some type of entrepreneurship. It was kind of like born and bred. That's how um, you know I was raised. Instead of some form of allowance. I had to like sell grapefruits or clean cars or do things. To, so I knew, I don't think I had a specific thing that I wanted to do, but I knew that I was going to be um, in some type of entrepreneurial space. Mm-hmm. And um, to that end, I went to, uh, after DC for high school, I went to Babson College in oh, Boston. I was at Boston University. Oh, well, maybe we like hung out. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. What year did you graduate college? 2008. Okay, so you're, I think you graduated the year I came to college yeah oh, well just missed, yeah. just missed yeah. each other how did you like boston um i liked it a lot mm-hmm. it was very cold what was meeting women like in college hmm 
Like, when did your first thought about any kind of dating app circulate? Not until I think dating like I feel like mm-hmm. dating well I, I guess maybe because of the uh, the four year gap right. like dating apps didn't exist I'm pretty sure when I was in school mm-hmm. um, so I think that happened more when I was in New York City but dating apps didn't exist but dating websites did this is true um, what was dating like in Boston it was interesting mm-hmm. um, I didn't really date at my college mm-hmm. um, I did once junior year uh, early on but. Mm-hmm. You know, short-lived yeah um and then i moved off campus and i threw like a weekly party in in boston which became like um like a fun community of people and friends and in love um what was it called it was called campus wow how did i not know about this when i was you, in boston you should have it was a, it That's was a crazy. weekly thursday night dance party for college kids all across we boston. had a similar one but it was called splash and mm. it was like a day party on saturdays very nice. Yeah. Cool. But yours sounds more fun. Oh, they're all fun. Yeah. So that's cool. So you started this party thing. And so dating was more like, how did it, it, it all, I guess, circulated around that, like the event or like the people that I was meeting from this right. community. And it was fun. It was more mm-hmm. casual for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. And so then you graduated and did you move to New York or you were in Miami for, or DC or where, where did you go? So I graduated and, um, at that time, I was running these events, and I was also sort of evolving that into a college marketing agency, mm. um, and had this crazy idea after graduating to move to Alston, which had always been like a dream. Yeah, for it's, those, like the you know, hipster, yeah. it's like the hipster. It's like the downtown off-campus totally. like housing um, central for lots of these Boston area schools, mm-hmm. um, and um, set up a little office in Alston, um, and ran this company called. Uh, Buzz University, mm-hmm. um, which included giving lots of Sabra hummus. If you ever got a free Sabra hummus on campus, that was us. Wait, or, I definitely did. Definitely us. Like and, many times. Yeah, lots and lots of hummus. Or an honest tea. We gave out lots of honest tea. I mean, it actually, funny enough, would have been your freshman year when all of this was starting. Oh. Um, what was your, what, what dorm were you in? West Campus. Okay. West, we did, we did a bit of West. We did more at like Warren Towers area by oh. all the city conveniences. Or okay. But anyway, so yeah. um, so I was living in I was living um, in Austin and starting this business with a bunch of friends out of a house, right? Um, which uh, was an interesting idea, and it spiraled into like absolute chaos. Mm-hmm. The idea was basically instead of taking on any any type of like funding, so I would have to instead of paying payroll to the people that worked with me. Um, if you worked for Buzz University, you lived in the house. We paid mm-hmm. for your life, your room, your board, your beer, your food, wow. your your weed, your felt cell phone, like your everything. Wow. We had like family dinners and like family parties and did, did you say weed was included it theoretically was definitely included. Wow. yeah Sign um, me up. You know, we had an ice cream truck a big yeah. yellow ice cream truck that we got off ebay mm. uh, and we had a rockstar energy drink mobile uh, we also gave away a bunch of rockstar remember that um and this j- was just the most insane experience ever um and then after about a year of that mm-hmm. um i through sort of magic and and happenstance um tweeted uh, at, at the one of the founders of like a dream company, mm. um, and one thing led to another, and I ended up moving a few um, weeks or months later to New York. Mm. Um, I brought my team with me, um, and the story goes that what was that company? It was called Mr. Youth, uh-huh. um, which was essentially the largest like like youth marketing agency, college marketing agency. We did a bunch of like brand ambassador programs. Um, social media early on before social media was like an industry, totally. um, word of mouth, influencer programs, etc. 
Um, uh, I think a fellow friend, Vishal, also worked there. Mm. He taught me a very important lesson. Yeah. So I'll, I'll share a quick lesson that he taught yeah. me. He had a Thai intervention with me. Mm. This was early on in my New York life. I came from this like two years of Catholic prep school where we had to wear like a jacket and tie every day. Mm-hmm. So I had all these ties. And I remember hearing a story once about like going to like a real job and like dressing, like dressing up and like really, et cetera. So I was like, you know, what? I'm going to wear a tie every day. Yeah. So I come here, I'm getting ready to wear a tie every day and I'm doing it for like the first few weeks. And then um, a now dear friend, but then yeah. complete stranger and colleague right. comes up to me one day. He's like, David, we need to talk about something. And I'm like, oh no, what did I do? Like, did I come late? Did yeah. I like, not give you a good PowerPoint? He's like, those ties? Can't do it anymore, bro. Can't do it anymore. <laughs> and then he gave me uh, my first skinny tie. And ever since then, I've, I've learned my lesson. Oh, great. No, it, was, it, was, it was a beautiful experience. That's a yeah. beautiful experience. Yeah, it was. And at what point did J-Swipe kind of come into play? So um, I jokingly say that I moved to New York to meet a nice Jewish girl, yeah. which is like 50% true. Yeah. Um, and I moved to the Upper West Side because I was told that that's where they all live. That's hilarious. Um, it's the Upper East. Yeah. Well, it's, it's kind of everywhere in New York, yeah. but, but it was, a, yeah. And um, it was just the most unbelievably like uncomfortable, unnatural, like not fun experience for years of, um, you know, living in the Upper West Side and, and doing all of the things to try to do that. Right. Um, so I went to all the Shabbats, mm. you know, I, I hosted all the How potlucks. How did you find out about the Shabbats? Like you just moved. I plugged into them. Oh. I, mean, I had like friends or friends from Miami who lived here now. Right. I mean, um, and then I, I love, I love people. I love meeting people and I love like all different sorts of people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, once I, once I had like a, a little bit of um, connectivity, it was very fun to sort of meet all sorts of different people mm-hmm. from all around. Um, but it was just super uncomfortable. Like you would go to these events, like you would go to, let's call it, um, like a Saturday at a synagogue in the Upper West Side, and which I, you know, had a, a stint of about three years of like going like deep in on all this uh, experience. Yeah. Um, and everyone was there for like the after thing, meaning mm-hmm. for like the kiddish where you like would schmooze with everyone else there, and all of your friends would be there, etc. But so just for the people listening who are not Jewish and aren't familiar with Jewish culture, um, will you explain what this is at a synagogue? Sure. it sounds kind of for sure, for sure. outlandish to people who don't um, get it. So Sat- Friday, Shabbat, Sabbath, yeah. is Friday sundown to Saturday sundown. And um, for those people who observe in different ways, you can go to synagogue Friday night. You can go to synagogue on Saturday. But where does the element of like meeting a nice Jewish girl or let's say nice Jewish boy. Funny enough, it happens right after either of those days. Like okay. I'm, this was in a particular, let's call it like a particular scene, which was the Upper West Side Young Jewish Community. But it is popping on like Friday night. If you go to the places that people go to, there's like hundreds of people who go, but wow. really they're all going for right afterwards when it lets out. Right. And there's like everyone just hanging out for like 30, 45 minutes before everyone goes to someone's friend's house for Shabbat dinner, which is a traditional Friday night dinner with friends and family and loved ones. Um, And that's basically what it is. Like you go and then afterwards there's, you know, time to schmooze and connect and catch up. The challenge that was super uncomfortable was that even though everyone's there to ultimately meet someone, and if you ask them, I think that's, you know, one of the core intentions, no one is present with anyone. So you'll mm. be speaking to someone, and then they're actually like looking like at, they're talking to you, kind of, but like they're looking all around you, checking everyone else out. It's just like super uncomfortable. Um, and it was around that time that technology like Tinder came about. Mm. Um, and as a futurist and as someone who loves technology, I was definitely on and using any of these different like tools. Right. 
Um, but once that, which by the way, disrupted the entire way that we connect with people and find love and find fun or like Tinder specifically. Disrupt- really? Oh, yeah, Coming sure. from the founder of J-Swipe, that's was, Which was inspired by Tinder, no question. Yeah. Um, Tinder disrupted the way we connect. And fortunately for J-Swipe. Disrupted in a good way? Well, that's, that's a, we, I think we have a lot of time yeah. to discuss this yeah. today because it's a good and bad way, like anything. I right. Mean, um, but they didn't set out to create the biggest hookup app in the world. They right. set out to make connecting with people in your community so seamless that we, as the general public, like created what it became into what it became, right? Mm-hmm. Um, lowest common denominator of like just like finding someone, hooking up, et cetera, and that became Tinder, right. which was, you know, obviously now they've grown far past that. Everyone has friends who have serious relationships or marriages or, you know, um, from Tinder, no question. And then they started this whole new space in the dating technology world where it was once, as you mentioned, it was mm-hmm. once like websites which were, you didn't really talk about being on them. It was kind of like a DL thing. Yeah. They were usually pay to play. You had to pay to use them. And they were... Yep. What about J-Date? Do you have to pay for that? You do have to pay for that, uh-huh. yeah. Um, and then, and you had to think about all of these questions about your life. Like, yeah. who are you? What are you looking for? Like, questions right. that you probably aren't even asking, like, yourself ever. And yeah, now ever. it's the most intimidating thing to figure out, which Tinder... Two clicks of a button, and now you have access to everyone and everyone in your community, right? Um, or in your your you know general vicinity to 100 miles away, right? And so they made connecting with people so um, fun, easy, fast, etc. Um, that I was using these you know you know I was using these apps, and then the, the kicker though is for me. This is a different conversation and a different question, but for me, I, I want to marry someone Jewish, mm-hmm. um, and therefore I tell myself that I should only date someone Jewish. And using a general or like mass market app like Tinder, which is great for people who don't have that restriction or, or it's limitation. To, to scope out the It's juice. just, yeah, because it's, it's, it's just weird. Either you mm-hmm. match with people and then it's like, is that your opening line? Like, hey, are you Jewish? Right. Weird. Um, totally. Or you try to like guess like people. I, some from friends, their last name and then you end up fucking yourself over because they're not Jewish. From their last name. Or my friends told me that they were putting like emojis in their bios to like yeah. signal that like MOT, which was before I didn't know this until then. Like Mother me- of the Torah. Oh, almost. Member of the tribe. Oh my uh, God. And That's terrible. It was just, it was just funny and weird. So, um, I, so taking a step back for one second, just out of curiosity, why do you want to marry a Jew and do you need to, or just want to? So this has been something that I've been thinking about a lot for a variety of reasons. Yeah. Um, and it's something that I, that I struggle with, um, f- to give you a real answer about two years ago. Um, I stopped answering, like, I, I basically couldn't answer. I was, like, doing some interview, like, early on in the J-Swipe mm-hmm. time, and, like, they're like, why is it important to you? And I didn't want to give, like, a softball fake answer. And yeah. so the truth of the matter, if, like, we can go deep and we could talk about this. For, yeah. well, first of all, let's go deep. But we should talk yeah. about this. But at the end of the day, I have to. For me, I accept it. The way that I now talk about it or the mm-hmm. language that I use around it is that I accept that currently... Um, for a variety of reasons, primarily familial, like family pressure, you know, and respect, um, that I that I choose to accept that I have to do that currently. Okay. Yeah, but it's you know why do I? It's really tough because I'm a universalist, which means everyone like I believe in everyone's truth. I believe in every religion as truth. I believe right. like we're all we're all one. I, I'm all of the, these things, and yet uh, I have this restriction that I accept upon myself. Yet you don't restrict non-Jews from joining J-Swipe. 
for sure. Only because that would be, I feel like, obnoxious. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyone is able to join. The user can control their experience. Like, I was swiping with my friend Talia, who you just met a little while ago, and we found some guy's profile that said, uh, not a Jew, but love Jews. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, like, he must just have, like, a fetish or something. Well, it's, it's funny, because are you familiar with, like, the, um, the joke about, like, Jewish dudes and Asian women? Have you heard about yeah, this? Yeah, no, Jewish dudes like Asian women because they have small penises and Asian women have, like, small vaginas. Oh, right? well, I did not know that. And we could, yeah, you know, <laughs> all I was, you know, referring to was just the idea of... Um, not saying that all Jew, Jewish men have small penises, but that's just the, that's the rumor. That's, that's so interesting. That yeah. took it in a whole new direction that I wasn't, wasn't, well, wasn't well, ready for. Where are you going? Just that, I, that, just that I'm familiar with the fact that, like, Jewish they Jews like, love Asian women. Yeah, and, they do. And, yeah. and the, I saw, early on, I saw a tweet about... Um, it, it was basically like Asian women on J Swipe. Like I know your hustle. That's um, hilarious. But we allow anyone to be on it because right. I'm a universalist and anyone should be able right. to. The user can control. They can filter on and off yeah. people that they're looking for. Uh-huh. So there's like when someone signs up, it says you know if you're Jewish, it says other willing to convert, etc. So right. if you like only want to marry someone Jewish, you can filter other or willing to convert off. Right. Yeah. Interesting. But it's a very complex topic, um, mm-hmm. and so we can, you know, bookmark it for for the future. But it's something that our that our generation. Why is... the future right now? So let <laughs> let me give you two different types of situations. The first is that you fall in love. She's perfect. Um, she's half Jewish. Her dad is Jewish. You're asking me personally. Yeah. What do you do? Um, it's the love of your life. Uh, so she's almost Jewish enough. For you, technically, uh, it, it, you're, it, you're really, you're really, um, you're, I mean, you're hitting it home. It's, it's. First of all, this has been like the core, the core, like questioning that I've been doing over the last, let's say, yeah. three years. Yeah. Um, because um, I've always accepted it as, as, as just fact for what I have to do, and I'll mm-hmm. get back to answer your question. Um, yet, all the time throughout my life, I've found that I end up, you know, the Falling most exciting for, things that I yeah. end up being in are. Like, like women who aren't Jewish. Because you know it's wrong, probably deep down subconsciously. Uh, I, I I thought about the different you know narratives of why it could be, and I actually just think it just happens to be who they are, and they're amazing, and whatever it is, the people sure. that I've met with and interacted yeah. with. Um, and then three years ago, my first year going to Burning Man, I I had this encounter, and I met this person who was like amazing, and then I didn't even like. We sort of just, she danced out of the sunrise and into my life. And then we had a, a few, <laughs> Everyone can relate. Had like a few month journey over yeah, the next yeah. few months. And then eventually got to a point where I learned about this term more recently, DTR, define the relationship. Yeah, mm-hmm. So like where she was like, well, what's going on? Da, 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 da. And, and then we had the conversation. Um, and long story short, I um, had to had, make a like respectful decision to her and... Um, and to me, but mostly to her, and opt out of that. Mm-hmm. And then ever since then, I've been like, whoa, like WTF. I'm keeping myself in, a, in this crazy loop of being single in New York City when, right. when this was someone who's across the board extraordinary, and the right. only reason is for this thing that neither of us can control that I don't fully you know, uh, observe myself, but like, yeah. it's like, what, what, why? So since then, it's a, funny that you bring this up because it's basically the thing that I've been questioning. To answer your question directly, down. At that point, well, for in the scenario that you suggested, sure. that's fine. Um, okay, and as long as it's something that they also care about, because there are elements, right. even though I'm not like deeply practicing or kosher yeah. or any of these things, like there are things about it that that I do love, and I want to be able to share that with someone, not just who's doing it for me because it's something that I love, but someone mm-hmm. who could relate for you know themselves and, and their own reasoning as well. Totally. And what about someone who's not Jewish at all but wants to convert? 
Um, that's an interesting uh, topic as well. In my mind, it has it. First of all, let's preface everything we talk about today with to each their own. Yeah. Right. Meaning, like, I believe fundamentally as a human that my thoughts should impact no other humans, and uh, I respect and love everyone for who they are, how they decide, what they do, how they do, etc. Very politically correct. Uh, but it's also true. Yeah. It's how I. It's Unlike how I. It's how I live. Yeah. Um, um, that said, in this case, the way that I've sort of. Um, wrapped my mind around that is it has to do with the person and what they their intentions meaning are if they're doing it for themselves or they're doing it for um, for the other like mm-hmm. is it like just to check a box because that's for me that for me personally I wouldn't want it I would not be comfortable with doing it with someone in that case just who checked the box but mm-hmm. if it was actually like genuine interest uh, and you know something that they are intrigued by or yeah. open to then then it's, I'm, I'm down. Yeah. Great. All right. Moving along from religion. So you have this app, you I'm assuming have complete control over the whole app. Have you ever seen someone on the app been like, wow, she's cute and just used your power and messaged her? Honestly, no. Um, but first of all, I don't have complete control over the whole app. Like I'm not, I I don't develop it. So I, I can't just like make magical things happen. Um, I have, um, someone on my team. I'm going to open my JSY password. Let's do it. I have someone on my team, Mm -hmm. um, uh, Steph and I, and we are, let's call it the community managers. Mm. And so what that means is essentially, um, when someone signs up, um, their first, they'll get in their first, you know, session using the app, they'll get a message from Steph or from myself Mm -hmm. saying, Something along the lines of, hi, welcome to JSwipe. You know, we're happy you're here. If you have any stories, if you have any ideas, we'd love to hear them. If you know, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Look who it is. Yeah. And that's when you will get the the, the message. Oh. Um, so the way that I can interact. Wait, but we're a super match. Correct. Is that everyone becomes a super match with you? Mm, Steph and I's auto message is a super swipe. Oh. So it comes as a super swipe. Wow, I thought I was so special. You are very special. Um, it's fine. I have Ryan. And then the idea being the way that I personally can interact with it is people yeah. who respond to the automated message. Uh. I have like a little dashboard that I can that I respond to, but it's lots of questions. It's lots of like FAQ, like help, like how do I, you know, do this or that feature? Every single Jewish girl requests height. They want to see height in the profile, but I feel for my fellas, and it's probably not going to happen. Um, cause you know, you know, I don't know. I want to spread love in all different ways. Yeah. Um, but anyways, so, mm-hmm. um, technically no, although I've for sure gone on dates with people who have found a J-Swipe, but, um, I haven't used like super magical powers to like make things happen. Yeah. And do you think that having J-Swipe under your belt has made you better at dating or like more aware? If anything, more aware, but probably definitely not better. Right. Why? Um, because I think about it all the time. I think yeah. about, and not by it, I mean, like, I think about the modern state of millennial dating mm-hmm. always. You know, right. I, I talk about it with my friends. I ask for stories, and I'm just always sort of... You don't think that helps you? You think that hurts well, that's, you? I, I don't think it hurts or helps, because I think as a, you know, I think I'm in the same boat as most, you know, millennials in New York City and in, mm-hmm. in, in the dating experience, and we can, I, I trust we'll dive into, you know, what that means. And, mm-hmm. um but I do think I think about it a lot, which brings to, at least I'm aware of the things that I'm, you know, falling victim to, like the paradox yeah. of choice, there being too many options, or all of the other things that we're struggling with as a generation through these dating technologies. Um, um, you know, I'm, I'm right there with, with all y'all, but I, I think about it a lot, so I have some language or some, 
ideas around them. Totally. And what was your longest relationship? In life, a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. And how old are you? I'm not sure if you said in the 31. Beginning. Okay. Yeah. 31. Great. And um, how do you handle, like, let's say that you're starting to date someone and you like them. Um and it's getting, you know, more serious. How do you handle the state of ambiguity where you're just like, you don't know necessarily if you want to make this your girlfriend or, you know, what you really feel, but you are sure that you like them and that's kind of all you know? Um, so, how, like, in practice, how do I handle yeah, that or like, how do I how suggest do you... that being handled? Because <laughs> yeah, there I might guess... be a little discrepancy. I, okay, so give me both. Um... In a perfect world, and let's try to ignore this barking dog, which came out of nowhere and has been living here for like two months. Possibility and abundance. It's beautiful that this dog is living close to us and happy. It's true. It's true. And it's just trying to participate in the podcast. Exactly. It no, it really say. does want to be in this podcast. Yeah. I swear to you. We'll just um, put him in the credits. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, so how do you handle that? Like, how do you how do you want to handle that? And then how do you actually handle it? Um, so the the gray right, is I think where most of us live these days, mm-hmm. meaning between without pre-defining any relationship um, in this, you know, crazy world of people, I do believe truly having the intention of wanting mm-hmm. to find someone, but being, you know, not particularly vulnerable, heart closed, mm-hmm. uh, meeting lots of people, going on lots of first dates, and everyone is just sort of in this gray space or gray, mm-hmm. until, um, so... How should it be handled? I, I think there's a couple things. First of all, I think people need to show up like heart open, open-minded, and living in abundance of possibility. The challenge with that is that so many people have um, been burned, or so many people have been conditioned to believe that they should be closed, or at least guarded, in order to protect themselves. Right. But when everyone is just protecting themselves, and everyone, it just creates this cycle of everyone protecting themselves, no one being able to go deeper. Um, and then it's just keeping everyone in this sort of like middle space. Yeah. So the first thing that needs to happen is I think, you know, showing up not just once you know that you like someone, but even with the possibility of, you know, meeting someone, you showing up open, showing up with possibility um, and and giving yourself to that. Because um, I guess I don't know, there's probably like a nice Insta quote for this, but like like risk reward, right? Like if you show up, then then that's where anything is possible. And if you're right. guarded and you're closed, it's not, you will create. There, there is some insta quote. It's like showing up is half of the battle True. or something. So I, I believe in that uh, in this case. Mm-hmm. The next thing, and I think this is like the most important one, is I like to think a lot. So first, let's just define something called the paradox of choice, right? Mm-hmm. Which is this scientific psychological principle, um, all, you know, hashtag science proven that the more they've done all these studies, and as humans, the more options we have, mm-hmm. A, the less likely we are to choose, the more difficult it is to make a choice. Right. And it's B, true. the more likely we are to regret a choice after making it. It couldn't be truer. Like, just to give a stupid example, I accidentally forgot half of the things that I meant to pack on my uh, vacation. And it made my life so amazing. I can't even tell you. Never in my life would I think forgetting half of the things I wanted to pack would be a good thing. I made all these like outfits I never thought I would make before simply because I had less options and I had to work with what I had. Yeah. 
100%. It's like so crazy. And so when the question of like, is dating, you know, technology, is it good or bad that this is happening? There's, it isn't good or bad. It's both. Yeah. The reason being, it solved a sourcing issue. Yeah. Right? Like when I was living in the Upper West Side, there was three years of me wanting to try to find someone to go on a date with. And I was having trouble just finding someone that I wanted to go on a date with. Yeah. Right? So now that, which is wanting to find someone or the ability to find someone that you actually are curious about, solved. Right, yeah. That's easy because now it's in abundance. The challenge is it's created a new issue, which is the paradox of choice, which is it's hard to get from meeting someone to actually exploring you know, deeply and meaningfully. So now, that's, now that we have that as a container, as a background, I think what I like to uh, you know, share is a story or an example, mm-hmm. which is how I imagine it was in our parents' generation mm-hmm. or grandparents' generation versus today. Right. I imagine that when our grandfathers walked our grandmothers to like, the door, yeah. uh, assuming of course they were all gentlemen and gentlewomen, um, and, wa- and then walk them all the way home or to their, you know, whatever they did, bicycle yeah. or, um, and like <laughs> when, when he walked her to her door he, and he had a great time, he was, was skipping all the way home thinking of only one thing, her and that experience. Right. And then he gets home and he's brushing his teeth and he's buzzing off that experience and he's laying in bed and he's like, wow. She was so amazing. And then he wakes up in the morning and he's like, I want to see her again. And I don't know what they did. He writes her a letter and they get back together a couple days later and sees her again and then sees her again. It's a strengthening cycle of a reinforcing, reinforcing like magic and possibility. And that's what was. Now what happens is if you are a gentleman and your phone is on airplane mode like or something like that for the date right. and you walk her to her Uber mm-hmm. right, and open the door for her, as soon as she is in the Uber, you need to call yours. So you click off of airplane mode and because we probably or some you probably shouldn't but if we do have push notifications turned on you get instantly ping 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 pinged by the world of you know you have a new match you have a new message you have a new match and when you're yeah. when our grandparents were skipping home being fully present we are literally instantly drawn back into the world of possibility choice and options so and true. because pop culture conditioning says two things one that if i'm into you i'm not supposed to show up as into you like they, you're supposed to show up as like eh, a little, like a little not really into. Yeah. And if you show up too excited about someone, mm-hmm. people are like, whoa, like what's wrong with them yeah, that they're so into me, right. which is in itself a little bit fucked up. But it's like, psychotic. You know, why, why do they like me so much? Like this is this is weird. I need someone who's like less excited about me. Yeah. Which is, which is absurd, but true. And so pop culture tells us that, and then also tells us the idea that like let's say you have one date with someone and you go back to like dinner with your friends or brunch with your girls and you're like oh my god I just had a date last night with this person it was amazing like I'm gonna stop talking to all other guys right your girlfriends would be like what you had one date with them you're literally we were just having that conversation before you got here and so then because i now back to the story like now you get into your uber and i un i call mine and i'm getting push notifications a because i'm not supposed to show up as super into you even if i'm thinking that and b more importantly because pop culture says that like well it would be weird for me to think that i shouldn't look at these other messages because it's only been one date like how could i then I get right back swooped into the world of, of, of options and choice. And- so then, okay, let's, we're in this moment, right? You just had the date, you take your phone out of airplane mode. Let's say you decide to send a text to the date you were just on. Is that the modern day version of skipping home? Um, so, um, yes, sure. But the question is a couple of things. One is when, right? Because believe it or not. Let's I- know you text them that night, right after you leave them. Okay. Like, when you get back to your phone, instead of, like, finally checking Instagram, you text your date because you're thinking of them. 
Um, uh, are you asking me if, if that should happen if or the, if that's no, the modern version? No, if that's version? the modern day skipping I, to home. Me, to me, it's about, and I think this is kind of the, not the solution, but one of the things that we can do as yeah. people using this technology, which is um, self-control, self-discipline, and like not, you like basically refraining from getting sucked back into the technology. So what that means to me is the last time that I was really excited about someone, I went and I just like deleted my apps. And I, that's like a bald move. I didn't delete the accounts, meaning mm-hmm. theoretically they're still... Yeah. there but i just didn't want to have the notifications I, right. I wanted to like remain present with the possibility mm-hmm. and so to me that's sort of the modern day of like staying present rather than getting swept back into the things yeah do you you know when do you message again i, I would actually ask i would flip back back to you guys as you know uh modern women living in new york city when you would want to hear i was just talking to one of my good friends who I grew up with. Yeah. Um, we were together in Israel. She was there with some friends. Yeah. And I um, tried to set her up with this dude who I know, one of the best dudes that I know. Like yeah. on the spectrum of dudes, he's top, top, top of the spectrum. Totally. Um, and they went out on a date and appara- it was called out because it's been freezing here. And he didn't call her an Uber home. He was. She was like, oh, should we, are we, are we going to get Ubers? Here in New York. In New York. Yeah. And, she, and he was like, oh, like, no, let's just hell cabs. And for, I mean, I agree, by the way, who hells caps, but separately, but like he didn't call her an Uber home and that was the disqualifying factor. What? Right? So let, let, I mean, we could talk about this or not. So That's delusional. It, well, oh my God, I have so many thoughts immediately. Share all of them. That. But for me, yeah. it's like, it's not just, do I text you right away? I think right away. I actually would rather simmer for both of us a little bit. Like I want you to think, I, I want to brew on what I just had in, of an amazing, you know, drink or, or experience and. I would want you to have time to think about that too, so rather than like right away being like, hey, by the way, you're cool, had a great time. Yeah, I uh, guess you'd want them to like think about it. But like, I, I don't know, an hour after is, is enough time to think, I think, in my opinion. But going back to your friend, I think that she's a little nuts. Um, I think that like with all due respect, like that's why women might come off as like crazy and like, not crazy, but, like, you know, not necessarily, like, feminist because it's, like, we talk about, like, we don't need anyone to get us an Uber. We're independent women. But then you're going to disqualify a man because he didn't send you home in an Uber? Like, and did further, they even have sex? No. So what the fuck? N- n- Can you I- imagine if every guy went out with I expected to send me home in an Uber that I didn't have sex with? I think that, so, we... I think for me, what's interesting about this is that I think it's exactly symbolic of the challenge that we're facing as a generation today. Meaning, she's a great girl. He's genuinely one of the best dudes I know and cool. Not just like a really nice guy. He's also cool and fun and all these things. But because we live in the... I I always try to tell people to live in the world of possibility and abundance. So maybe in this case, we live in too much possibility and abundance. But because... She, we, we believe that, well, there's just, there's always someone else that I could possibly see. The things she, that were she disqualifying. She was thinking, you know what? This is not okay, and I bet I can find someone who would get me. Just like over. the things that were disqualifying yeah. people for are absurd. absurd. Absurd, obscene. Oh my God. What's another thing that I feel like we, like, we talked about, like, disqualifying someone for something recently? I need to think. I, I mean, know. I have a couple that like that are that are just present that I talk to my friends about sometimes. Yeah, like, no. The other thing is not even like when our parents, or of course our parents and grandparents' generation, but even earlier on in our lives. Yeah. We could you would see someone and you would probably meet them out or however people met. Right. And all you could make an assessment of is your interaction with them and maybe like if a friend knew them, like a right. reputation or whatever. Right. Now we're making 
on subconscious assessments around about everything. their social presence for the last five years. Yeah, like if they like, okay, I have a perfect example. I was considering going out with someone a few years back. And I, like, genuinely wanted to. And then I checked his Instagram, and he was following, like, 2,000 people and had, like, 50 followers. And I was really creeped out because I was like, why is he following the entire universe and nobody wants to follow him back? Like, that has to, ha- like, that has to say something about him. That or people are doing things like looking five years back, and if you maybe had like a bad year or you had like a freckle in the like yeah, oh, you know, oh, literally like oh that that like goes freckle like seven Facebook years ago. Search. Yeah, I'm like I'm trying to do matchmaking now on my website because I have such a big network, and like I will send someone a picture and they'll be like, oh my god, he like he had like blonde tips in middle school. I'm like, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like. And and just like the, that thing and the and in my assessment of the guy who was following too many people, it's just like that would never even exist at all. Yeah, um, that makes me think of two things. So I uh, Esther Perel. Oh, um, I, I love her. I thought it was Esther Pearl, but Esther Perel. Okay, Perel, Perel. Okay, She lives on the Upper West Side. Um, you should uh, hang out there and try to find her. Yeah, I will. I'll try. Um, <laughs> and also Aziz Ansari's is it called Modern? Yeah, Romance I have Mar- it right over there. So what? My I, the, the idea of. Um, well, Esther talks more about like infidelity, right? Yes, but also about basically love relationships, the way that we are, like what we're looking for. Our re- she, basically one of the fascinating things that I learned from her yeah. is this concept of. Um, um, in our parents' generation, or our grandparents' generation, people got married significantly younger, like 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. And that's when you're still, like, not even an adult yet. Like, your identity is still forming. And she calls those cornerstone relationships, where you meet someone and your identity is at an early stage of development in life, like, cement together, and you, like, the cornerstone of a building, your foundation, it serves as the foundation like that you, you grow together. That your relationship is built on top of. Okay, wait, so hold on. you were telling me about Esther Pearl. And her amazing philosophies. So I think well, we'll do, in, in the interest of time, so we can cover a couple of other things, I'll go quick into both of them. Um, I was explaining the idea of cornerstone relationships in our parents' generation. And our, uh, and our generation, we're getting married so much later, 30s, yeah. th- mid-30s, where she calls them capstone relationships. Because you already have your identity. You already know who you are, what you like, who you like, da-da-da. So and it then takes less time. And Well, no. Then you're trying to find someone to like fit into a very specific pocket mm. of your identity. And we want them to be the best without the freckle, da-da-da. So it's, it's like significantly more challenging. Yeah. Um, That's a lot. The other piece um, from Aziz was the idea of satisfizers versus maximizers. Right. And our parents' generation, they were satisfizers. It was like, okay, can you provide for the family? Like, are you a nice person? Right. You li- okay, you like, you have a good family? Okay, cool, I'm, I'm down. Right. right. Better word. I mean, I'm obviously generalizing. Right. In our generation, we're, since birth, we're tra- told to maximize everything. It's we want to be the best we can be. We can want to work the hardest, do the best in sports, go to the best college, drive the best car. And we also take that into our search for a partner. Mm. And so... You know, we're A, getting married later, and now we have these capstone relationships where we're trying to fit someone into our specific identity. B, maximizers, so we're looking for the best of the best of the best of the best, and we're doing this in this sea of possibility and confusion. Mm. So I think I think it's a very complex time that we're living in for people who are really interested, let alone all the conversation about, like, polyamory or open relationships or the whole different, you know... Yeah. Um, Thing to discuss totally so you had mentioned that you've been to burning man 
and three years ago was your first year? Three years ago was my first year. Is it year. safe to say you've been back every year since? Yeah, absolutely. So tell tell me a little bit about Burning Man culture. Um, this is a weird question that I've never asked anyone, but it just came to me. Do you think that people who experience Burning Man are better like at sex or like know more about sex? Um, I think they're... I mean, Do you think they're kind of related? As a, as a general statement, I don't think it would be like um, one means the other, but yeah. I would venture to say that people there are more adventurous or, you know, or explore, you know, they, they're probably more adventurous and or have explored more in the bedroom than um, someone else who hasn't. Yeah. Or they're more likely to be inclined to be more explored, you know, whatever. Definitely. And what are some, like, what are some things that, can we play this? Can we play plead the fifth, where I ask you questions and you can answer them or plead the fifth? <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. I'm copying Andy Cohen. I have to say that so people don't think that I think that I came up with this game. Um, so, uh, have you ever had a threesome? Uh, no. Have you ever had an orgy? No. Um, have you ever eaten a butt? No. Wow. Is that because of religious reasons? <laughs> <laughs> Not kosher. Uh, no, just kidding. No. Uh. <laughs> is, a, is butt kosher? <laughs> we'll, we'll have to find the rabbi. No, you have to be like the god who tells us if butt is kosher. Um, for all the uh, I'm going to go with like possibly. Okay. I don't know. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's a very complex question. It sure is. Did you go to summer <laughs> camp? I did go to summer camp. Did you lose your virginity at camp? I did not. What, how old were you when you did? Uh, 16. Do you want to tell us the story? Um, I don't think it's too exciting of a story other than the it fact... It never is. Okay. Well, then no, we could skip it. Oh, okay. But, okay, <laughs> fine. It was just like the standard virginity. Uh, kind of. I mean, it was epically awesome, but yeah. like the stories, it, it was just way too much context to like have it have it be communicated. Uh, okay, how about this? Did you use a condom the first time you lost your virginity? Yes. That's an interesting question. So using you used a condom first time you lost your virginity. Okay, next question. Well, how old were you when you got head for the first time? I think 14 maybe. Went down on a girl for the first time. Probably 15. Okay. What happened that year? You were just not really into eating pussy. The first year? Yeah. It's just circumstance. It just didn't present itself. Yeah, totally. How... Would you date a an exotic dancer? Um, I, I would have to ask like detailing if she's Jewish. Questions. A Jewish exotic dancer? <laughs> um, maybe. Okay. Have you ever dated anyone that you met on J Swipe? Um, depending on what we consider gone dated. on a date. Gone on a date for sure. Have you ever had sex with someone that you met on J-Swipe? Uh, I think maybe, like, legally I should plead the fifth. I have no idea. Okay, yeah. <laughs> maybe? <laughs> You're right. You're right. Do you like to be choked during sex? Um, it's not something I've explored extensively, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. Would you role play? Sure. Have you joined the Mile High Club? I have not. When you break up with someone cold turkey, or do you keep talking? Um, it, I defer to the way that they would like to interact. For me, it's always been like like peace and love. As they, you know, it's so open to that. But if for whatever reason they would like, it's, I defer to them. Okay. Do you believe in astrology? Yes. You're a Gemini. True or false? True. Do you believe that I guess that? Uh, no. You're right. <laughs> um, do you? 
If you saw your friend cheating, would you? What would you do? How would you handle it? Um, it depends how close my friend is. Um, it depends how. Um, it depends on like. Well, it depends on some details, but I would probably ask him about it. Mm-hmm. Would you marry someone with opposite political views? Yes. Hmm. Do you believe once a cheater, always a cheater? No. Have you cheated before? Yes. Would you cheat again? Uh, I would say I would hopefully likely not. No. Mm-hmm. Have you been cheated on? Uh, I'm sure. Would you date someone who had an extreme religion? Um, I don't think so, no. Would you rather be with someone who's similar to you or different? A little bit of both. Similar in some ways, different in others. Would you let someone arrange marriage for you? Uh, def not. Do you believe in manscaping? Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think that girls should be bare or have something there? Mm. Uh, um, can I, I'll just say, like, I, thoughtful. I, so long as it's thoughtful, I guess I could get down with it. What, thoughtful, like <laughs> meaning, meaning groomed? Um, sure. Okay. Do you think missionary is a long lost art? Yes. Mm-hmm. So, in, with that in mind, what's your favorite sexual position? Mm. Mm. It, it's doggy. Yeah, okay. for sure. For sure. I mean, no question, but like, I'm trying to figure out like, a okay, nice story. Okay, You can plead the fifth. <laughs> um, would you ever tell someone if you want them to be more aggressive in bed? Um, yeah, depending on the, 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 com- depending on the comfort level. Mm-hmm. I think communication is, like, essential. Mm-hmm. Sex toys, yay or nay? Uh, open, down. Mm-hmm. Like blindfolds? Uh, sure, never have, but it sounds interesting. Would you consider getting back together with an ex? Mm, thinking, like, through, like, does it, would I consider? I mean, I, I'm open to possibility, but, like, nothing comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Perfect body or perfect face? Oof. Both. You can't. <laughs> it's one or the other. Um, can't have your cake and eat it, too. Then body. Okay. Um, have you ever shit where you ate? No, I actually have been like super, super, super thoughtful throughout mm-hmm. of, you know, across the board about that. Would you ever hire someone you were attracted to? Uh, sure. And like be like extremely diligent about just church and state, no doubt. Mm-hmm. Do you have any sexual fantasies? Um, for the most part. Not so, not nothing that's like, whoa, you know, mm-hmm. once upon a time, like, I sure hope that status. We're good. Cool. Yeah. Um, would you rather date someone with a big personality who's kind of dumb or no personality who's really smart? Oof. It's tough for me because, like, it depends on what, how we're determining what dumb means. Like, are they not super duper informed about all things? What's you know, dumb to you? I, 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 I don't like, I, I get like weird and adverse, uh, like I respond, f- like I don't know how to process dumb because I don't like it as I'm averse to the concept. And so then. Right. So you I'm don't like, think anyone is dumb? No, I think people could be not informed. I think he, people could be more simply refined. But like yeah. the concept of dumb is like, I can't get down with it. Yeah. Got it. Do you ever know it's the last time you're going to hang out with someone? And this would be like, like outside like of a situation ha- where you know, no, like you're traveling somewhere and then you're, you know, going away. Like, you know. No, like you like you made up your mind in that moment. Like, I fucking hate this person. I'm never going to talk to them again after this. Um, 
but like they, you don't necessarily share it with them. And I'm sure it's happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, would you rather date someone who's gluten free or vegan? I need to think about it for a second. Gluten free or vegan? Gluten vegan? Well, vegan. gluten free for sure. Because is that just basically like you can eat a lot more? Yeah, I think so. Would you date someone who isn't spiritual? I can tell you're pretty spiritual. Um, I mean, I think like space is filled up with something. If their space isn't filled up with spirituality, the question for me would be like, what what is filling up their space? And if I find it alluring, intriguing, if I'm drawn, then sure. Mm-hmm. What dating apps are you on? Um, you know, for a R&D or for just like an understanding of staying on the, the cusp of like what's being introduced in the space. Yeah. I try to like like touch most just to feel the technology that's, you know, going through them. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, my favorites, right, uh, my favorites are Hinge. I think their UX is fly. I think that, you know, from a um, thoughtfulness standpoint, I think they've really, really stepped that up and, and are pushing the space further in that regard. Agreed. Um yeah, we'll start with it. That's it. And um, where is your go-to date spot in the city? Um, so I like generally like more non-traditional things, mm-hmm. well, preferably when it's warm because I don't really do the cold very well. But I'm really about like a being outside, going on an adventure, mm. like um, a, like a bike ride, and or like some like riverside park or some like hammock situation or some red wine or Mm -hmm. some you know anyway some type of like fun different thing because we're all doing the same thing so often that like I want I want the entire experience to be outside of the ordinary I don't want to be like what we're used to and therefore like probably half tuned in tuned out of Mm -hmm. do you always pay for a date no doubt would you be offended if a girl didn't try to reach no really so if I just sat there and I smiled I think would I be offended if you didn't try to reach? No, but if well, first of all, also at what stage? Et cetera. But um, I think the most important thing is gratitude, hmm. because like expectation in that regard, like that's I, I, offensive. Like that's just it's just like arrogant, or like it's there's something to that. But like like if they didn't reach, but they were like super thankful, like that's fine because they're riding the same wave I'm riding on. Is like I just I would insist to pay, and she's expecting it, whatever. So it's mm-hmm. just about showing up with gratitude. Agreed. Any last words for um, our listeners out there? Peace, love, possibility, and abundance, 2018. And how can they find you or follow you? Um, at David Yaris, Y-A-R-U-S, across all things. And are you single and ready to mingle? Um, I'm, I'm deaf open to possibility. Great. <laughs> Slide into his DMs, ladies. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for being here, yeah, David. Thank you so much for having me. And follow us on Instagram at We Met at Acme and David at David Yaris. Write us a review and rate us in the podcast app. And have a beautiful night. Thank you, guys. Love. Peace.